going on all you podcast listeners out there that fat samurai guy is here and welcome to another episode of the verbal nectar that's right podcast the ridiculous name brought to you by ridiculous people on this fun ridiculous podcast that's right (laughs) and today we are chilling out hanging back i'm drinking non-sponsored some 805 that's right chilling out Uh, lady fat blood has already drunk her, what was it, beer with vodka it's, in it? What was it? strawberry ale uh-huh. with lime vodka. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I've had enough. It wasn't that bad. No. Are you, was, little, are you a little loosey-goosey? I've gotten over it already. But okay, okay. It's just I've had enough because my face got hot. I've got about <laughs> like about a two inches worth. Oh, just, you, you can finish that during the podcast. Come yeah, on. it's just it's just I don't like the face flush. That's the only problem. I don't like getting hot out of it. Well, we're not filming. I know, but I don't like getting hot. I'm just saying. Well, that's why I married you. Nice. <laughs> oh, points for me. Hey, oh. Nice. Today we are talking about uh, some of our favorite films of 2019. Uh, we're doing a little top ten list style, kind of bootleggy style here, because uh, Lady Fat Blood has her reasons and I have mine. But it, it is a top ten list. But before we get to that, and she'll give her reasons, mm. uh, we have a few honorable mentions. Now keep in mind, five gajillion bazillion movies come out every year, and uh, we did not have time to see everything. And there were some that we really wanted to yes, see. Yes, I really wanted to see Ford versus Ferrari. And, you know, there were a lot of films out there I did want to see. I, I You know, Martin Scorsese, you have to put, if you have to put a gun to my head and I had to choose really quickly, to my favorite director, go, it probably would be Martin Scorsese. And I just did not have any time to watch the four-hour mm-hmm. <laughs> Irishman. Mm-hmm. I know, I'm fired. I will get to that and uh, and watch that film eventually, but... Uh, yeah, I just, you know, we're busy. We just did, really didn't have a lot of time to see a lot of these films. But from what we did get a chance to check out, uh, we're going to talk about those in today's podcast. But we do have some honorable mentions. Uh, first up, we have, I'm going to talk about it first. I didn't I didn't write it down, but I'll, I'll mention it. Uh, Alita, Battle Angel, is my honorable mention. That was very entertaining. Wasn't really impressed by the trailer at first. Mm. Um, CGI looked a little weird, especially uh, when you put them up against the live-action actors that's in the same film. It looked a little odd. So I I didn't really have high expectations going in. And Robert Rodriguez, who's one of my favorite directors also, that guy's hit and miss. I mean, I'll I'll admit it. He's a a hit and miss kind of director. I mean, I don't enjoy every single thing he does, but I do miss uh, the old... Robert Rodriguez, you know, the Dust Till Dawn, the, the, the yeah. Desperado, the Sin City Robert Rodriguez. I do miss the old. So, again, I had low expectations. I knew this wasn't a rated R film. And it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It was pretty pretty faithful to the anime. 
which is huge uh, when you consider the fact that this is an American-done <laughs> uh, live-action anime of Japanese property and uh, based off the anime and manga. And I, I thought it was very entertaining. Was it perfect? No. Did it have flaws? Of course. I still would have preferred it to be rated R. And that way it reflects the, 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 the special tone, the violent, gritty tone that the manga and anime had. But... For what was there, it was enter- it was entertaining, and it was entertaining enough to where I actually do want a sequel. Mm. So that's on the list. And here, uh, another we just this movie just made us smile the whole movie. Little Monsters. You mm-hmm. want to talk about that one? That's our next honorable mention. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, what was it Australian made? Uh-huh. Uh huh. With uh, Nupita. Nupita, yeah. I was it Nongo? Yeah, I something. I'm, I'm horrible with names I'm, as well. I apologize. <laughs> um, it's a uh, it's a little zombie movie uh, where she's a school teacher, and there's a uh, the the co-star who's kind of like a, a lazy gadabout who who's got little care for anything but his own selfish wants and needs and he's taking what is it his little nephew yes uh but he really just wants to get into the the pants of the school teacher <laughs> pretty much which yeah. everybody does but nobody gets the chance because she's like uh no i'm here for the kids so yeah. fuck off um and it's it's a really cute movie it's uh school kids and zombies which <laughs> some people might be like oh think of the children but it's actually a really kind of cute movie because the whole movie is lupita Basically, trying to shield the kids from the horrors that are going on around her, or the, all the kids. Right. And so it's basically like she turn makes everything it, into a game. Yeah, she don't. makes everything a game. So yeah. the kids really never know what's actually going on. <laughs> it's, it's actually a really cute, really premise. funny guys. We highly recommend you check out Little Monsters. And then uh, one of the surprises was, uh, you know, I saw the trailer. I was like, it kind of looks like it might be fun. I didn't really like the suit that much. And I had really low expectations. I didn't even bother seeing it in theater. And then I just like, oh, I heard good things about it. Let me go ahead and blind buy the Blu-ray. And I sat down and watched it with you. And man, were we pleasantly surprised with Shazam. Embarrassingly surprised. <laughs> Embarrassed. It was, because you know what? I think we like Shazam more than anyone else. Well, you know what it was for me personally? Because I, I've said this a lot. I am not big on family oriented heartwarming movies right when it comes to movies you're fine with it but that's just not your genre it's like if it's done if it's done like if it's not like hammered in i'm okay with it but Uh sometimes if it's just overly gushy i'm just like i just don't it's just not for me it's not for me that's what it is and and this movie was tiptoeing that line because it was about family it was very very family centric right 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 and you know, you had kids in it, which is another one for me where I'm just like, because kids usually, they're not good actors for the most part. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it had all the check marks against it for me. It had right. a wacky premise. Mm-hmm. All the things that should have been awful about it. a character you weren't familiar with. Exactly. All yeah. the things that it should have had going against it, they actually turned it around. And it actually just made it so endearing for me personally. Yeah. and. Yeah surprised the hell out of me to the point where I just, I really ended up genuinely loving the movie. Yeah. And by the time the movie was like full, like full steam ahead, yeah. I could not stop smiling. I know. I know. And it, and it, <laughs> and it was, and there's actually some legit, I mean, you got your cheesy moments and not all the comedy hits, 
But when the comedy hits, it's damn hilarious. Mm -hmm. It's really funny. And Shazam is a perfect example of don't judge a book by its cover. And also, it's a perfect example of going in a film with absolutely the lowest expectations ever and then being pleasantly surprised by what you're watching. Yeah, especially with the premise of the film. Yeah. The premise alone was like, whoa, this should not work. Yeah. And it... It, they just they knew yeah. it was ridiculous and so they kind of played with it just enough so like we know it's ridiculous yeah. but just 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 follow, just just come along with us just yeah. shut up for a minute and just just listen to what we have to say yeah and okay. it sh- I, I think it deserves to be on people's Christmas movies list because <laughs> it's a Christmas movie that wasn't released during Christmas yeah but yeah Go a lot of fun uh, some legitimate hilarious moments as is Shazam hopefully we get a sequel with that as well and now. Back to our female characters written written uh, correctly. Haunt? I'll get the haunt. Okay. We're going Honorable mentions, is, it doesn't, no, doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. But uh, one of our favorite action movies of last year. Our martial arts action films uh, from the... Um, basically, it is Veronica Ningo. I think that's how you pronounce her name. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I butchered that. Hmm. Uh, but we're not good with names. We're not good. We with will names. never profess to know. <laughs> it's a Vietnamese martial arts action thriller, and it's very similar to Taken. Uh, but this is another good example of a film where it represents, hey, good writing of a female character. Yeah. That's a convincing badass. Yeah. That is not, you know, completely perfect and, and invincible. Yeah. And has to struggle and gets beat down, and we end up rooting for the character by the end. Mm-hmm. And it's got some really badass action sequences that get better. That start kind of average, but then then towards the end it gets better to where I was screaming with the finale at the end. And that is a movie called Fury. Mm -hmm. So we highly recommend Fury. That was definitely one of our uh, favorite action films of last year. That easily could have been on the top ten if we had room. Yeah. Easily. But yeah, it was just really, really, really well done. Maybe one day if we get to a different place in our lives where... Movies could be a bigger priority. We could have a top 15 of 20-something. <laughs> or I mean, a top 20. Technically, we could do whatever we want on our channel. The only problem but... is we just did not see enough movies. Yeah. That's the problem, yeah. is that we did not see enough movies and and give the consideration that we wanted to. Yes. Otherwise, we probably could very well expand our list. So yeah. that's the only reason we didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. We would love to be able to be in a position to do a top 15 or a top 20 or something like that. We would love to see more movies every year, but yeah. it's just we simply, no, we no. literally cannot do it. Right. We just can't do it. We're lucky that we've seen the movies that we've seen. We literally saw some of these movies as early as one day ago. Yeah, pretty much. I'm not joking. You. We saw one of these movies last weekend, and we saw another one of these films on our list yesterday pretty as much. we do this podcast. Yeah. So it's just, we're, we're lucky we can see what we can see, and we're at least grateful we can do that. Mm-hmm. So. Hey, better late than never. Exactly. Uh, next up is, a, is, another, is another good example of low-budget horror done right. Something and... that Hellfest did not do. No. And this is what I, I complained about Hellfest so much. That got released to theater, and this movie, yeah. big, if it, you know, big budget, mainstream release, yeah. But then you have the small, straight to video indie, low budget horror film that checked all our boxes that we were like, yeah, mm-hmm. fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a movie called Haunt. Mm-hmm. Very well done. Very well done. Uh, probably one of the better slasher uh, type films. 
<clears throat> but similar to Hellfish, it wasn't a carnival type thing where they had horror mazes, but it was a you know traditional haunt to get you know uh, people set up at their houses or buildings for during Halloween time, and people go in and they kind of go through these kind of little bootleg type mazes or whatnot. Right. So uh, a group of people that we like and people we don't like, but with actual legitimate good acting, mm-hmm. very surprised yeah. from the, from these actors, these young actors, especially our lead, our final girl. And they go into this maze, and it's just really fucked up. Like, there's some really good, decent gore effects in here, and just a good time. Mm-hmm. And, we, you know, we if you're going to be a small, low-budget horror film, you know, we we have no problem applauding the effort. Mm-hmm. And when we see it, yeah. when we see the effort that they're trying to really make a good movie here, and they're actually succeeding... Despite its budget, we have to put it on the list. Yeah. So, yeah, we recommend Haunt. Uh, That was very very well done. Now, one of the rare occasions, a horror film with a little bit bigger budget, but actually gets kind of a mainstream release, is Ready or Not, is another one of our honorable mentions. Very, very well done film. Uh, Check out our review. Me and the OGP go out and we uh saw it in theater did a review on it and highly recommend you guys check out ready or not and that's another movie ready or not easily could have been on the top 10 list and and, you know until it got booted but (laughs) it easily could have been on there because it was that entertaining of a film you have a female yeah it's the 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 i am on the samurai weaving bandwagon i don't give a fuck until she starts making horrible movies i am on the bandwagon awful rom-coms yes awful rom-coms some bullshit you know, I am on the bandwagon. If she keeps making badass films, so uh, she's amazing in this film. But she's basically getting married into this rich family, and they end up hunting her for fun. And it's there's some hilarious moments, some decent gore in there, but overall a bloody good time. Now, uh, my my top honorable mention is your top ten. I mean, is your number ten on the list? It's it's. Kind of a flipper. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, um, oh, Samara Weaving, by the way, is mm-hmm. Hugo Weaving's niece. Yeah, I know. Just I I know. throw that out there. <laughs> um, the thing with this movie, it's kind of a flipper. I could go both. I could go either way with putting it on the top ten or making mm-hmm. an honorable mention because, again, they're two completely different films. Right. Did you want to give your reasons now there, before we get into the top ten? Which which particular your reasons? reasons why you're doing things the way you're doing? For okay, this? Um, it's it's hard when when it comes to me loving certain movies and and doing favorites and this and that. It's hard for me to say, oh well, this movie is my favorite or that movie was my favorite because sometimes movies like I I tend to like okay like John Wick. I'll just say it like this way: John Wick was a movie. John Wick 3, I knew I was going to love John Wick 3 mm-hmm. because the same people were making it. The chances of John Wick 3 sucking right. were very unlikely right? because their track record was too good at this point. Now, there, was there a chance? Absolutely. There of was course, a especially with sequels. Yeah. There is always a chance, mm-hmm. but their track record so far would be as likely as the Russo brothers fumbling Endgame. Right. Even though Endgame, like Infinity War, I feel is my favorite yeah. as opposed to Endgame, but I still loved Endgame. Yeah, okay. this is mine, yeah. But I still loved the films. Mm-hmm. So, like, those were givens for me. Right. But 
I love being surprised. Yes. I love seeing a movie that either I've seen one trailer for and I go in almost blind or I've seen nothing on. Yeah. And I go in completely blind. Or I've seen a trailer that tells you nothing mm-hmm. and you just get this feeling. There are two yeah. movies on our list that are upcoming that I saw the trailer for and I, like one movie... I saw the trailer for it and it told you nothing because the movie is too weird and the trailer couldn't <laughs> tell you anything, but I had, right. I instantly had a good feeling about it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we saw another trailer for another film that's on the list, that's on our top 10 list, where I, I instantly had a, a really good feeling about it and I was absolutely right about it and I was just so happy that I was right about it. But sometimes movies, if they surprise me, I will just instantly fall in love with them. And this this movie... Which is, I can keep it on the honorable mentions. I'm fine with it, but I okay. can easily put it on the top you 10. You could move it around. All right. um, which is Dragged Across Concrete. Yes, um, excellent. S. Craig Zoller is is one of those directors that he's only done three films, to my knowledge, at this point. Which is Bone Tomahawk, Brawl in Cellbook 99, and Dragged Across Concrete. We have been following him since Bone Tomahawk, which yes. was the film that completely blew our tiny little minds yes. back in the day. That was the first film that, to, my, to our knowledge, that he did. Yes. We saw it. We instantly were just on board with mm-hmm. him and what he did. You saw Brawl before I did. Right. Then you watched it on your own. And I was fine. I, I enjoyed it yeah. for what it was. There were a couple of things that I was little, yeah, little iffy on, uh-huh. but overall, I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Dragged Across Concrete, it's, it's not for everybody. No. It's one of those films where if I ever recommend it to somebody, I have to go in with this huge addendum going like, listen, I'm going to recommend it to you if, if, yeah. and only if, you can accept a heavy dialogue, yes, heavy character-driven, heavy story-driven, very slow. There are going to be... There are going to be moments in this movie where you're going to get a 15-minute block of following one character <laughs> where their only purpose in the film is mm-hmm. to show you the tragedy and pointlessness of human life, and then you're never going to see that person again. <laughs> and that's the only reason you're going to have this 15-minute scene. Now, if you can't, if you're not into that, yeah. don't bother. Well, I see a lot of people looking at the poster. The poster artwork is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. and Or seeing the trailer. And I see a lot of people expecting a really entertaining police thriller with action in it. And I see a lot of people watching Dragged Across Concrete and being bored out of their fucking mind. I can see a lot of people going like, dude, Jesus, is somebody going to shoot a gun? Is somebody going to fucking do something? We were prepared but that because we know, we, we know about Craig's type of style. We know what Zoller's movies yes, are. His yes. movies are always, so far, all three of his films, mm-hmm. they're all very much build up. They're slow burn and then they build up and then you have this ridiculously you, violent it's always, finale. It's yeah. always about mm-hmm. the finale and the payoff. And yes. you're never disappointed with yes. the payoff. That's yeah. the thing with his movies. Well, we aren't. Well, we're not. Yeah. And I, I know some people, they've seen Bone Tomahawk and they're like, I want my two hours back and I'm like, damn yeah. dude that sucks yeah. because i personally when i saw bone tomahawk i was gutted yeah. by the, the severity of that film bone, Tom- bone tomahawk fucked, fucked us up because we did not we had absolutely no idea what the what the movie was going to turn into yeah we thought oh it's this little small low budget old timey western right and with kurt russell in it and we love kurt russell right we had no we were not prepared Right. <laughs> for the horror. Exactly. For the literal horror. And brawl. That happened later. 
I, Brawl, I wasn't prepared to take Vince Vaughn seriously as an actor. Yes. And, and that kind of flies over, like, translates a little bit over into Dragged Across Concrete, where, and again, I've talked about this before, some people have criticized Dragged Across Concrete for being uh, sympathetic to certain ideologies. I strongly disagree with that, mm-hmm. because I didn't see it that way. I saw it as, yeah, the one of the main characters mentions he thinks a certain way, but I didn't feel like the film sympathized with that. Mm-hmm. I thought that the film presented it a certain way, mm-hmm. but it went no further than that. It right. didn't make you sympathize. It was just, this is his point of view, and that's that. Yeah, that's it. But that's as far as it went. Yeah. I didn't feel like, it's like, if you want to sympathize, well, then that's your problem. That's, your that's problem. not the film. Yeah. That's how, if you want to interpret it that way, well, then there's nothing I can do. That's not, yeah. There's nothing the film can do about it. Yeah. So I disagree with that. Um, Any movie that shows the ridiculously badass, in real life and on screen badass, Michael Jai White... Showing him scared out of his mind. <laughs> Any movie that can convincingly do that is well done. Mm-hmm. That just shows how well directed. Because uh, you think you're like, you know, what the hell? Michael J. White is legitimately nervous and scared. Like, mm-hmm. well, he's such a badass. Mm-hmm. But the, good directing, good t- character development. Yeah. And really great acting from Vince Vaughn, who's not known to be a good actor. And Mel Gibson, everyone was, everything was well done. The soundtrack was amazing. Mm-hmm. Everything was well done. The cinematography was great. Everything was well done, but it's just slow. Yeah. And that's a big, you know, that could be a a, 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 a huge, like, uh, I'm out of here yeah. for some people. And that's, so. that's the thing I, I love personally. I I love, we, we said this before, we love all kinds of films. Yes. We love. Different genres. We love we love great movies. We love action-packed movies. Yeah. We love explosions. Horror. We love B movies. We love just about everything you can think of yeah. within reason. We within men- reason. We mentioned Miami Connection. Yes. During our nineteen seventeen yes. movie review. Yes, and that's true. <laughs> that's true. We have. I'm not kidding. We have Van Damme Street Fighter on Blu-ray. Okay, I'm not kidding you. Okay, we have we have all these different movies out there uh-huh. because we love different kinds of films. Yeah. I personally, when when I can when I can sit down for two and a half, and yes, this movie is over two and a half hours. When I can sit there for two and a half hours and just become enveloped in a story and the atmosphere of a film, and just sit there and just be there. Which is what Zoller's movies have done so far for me. I respect movies like that. And yeah. that kind of leads us into the next movie. All right. We can, yeah, we can go ahead and kick it off. Start our top ten here. Which is which was now why the, it was... Now, was... for the top five, when we get to the top five, mm-hmm. for you, any one of these could be moved around as your top one. Because you enjoyed it so much. At this rate, my top ten, after number ten... Anything can be moved around. I would, I would probably, I'd probably move around a couple. Yeah. Um, After ten, I would probably move around number eight. I'd probably switch eight and nine. Okay. Because I really like number nine. 
Yeah, I know. Like right? I said, number eight was a given. Yeah. Number eight was, a, was given. a given for me. But we're, let's go ahead because the, the listeners are waiting. And they have no idea what we're talking about. We're going, so, let's go ahead and get to the top ten list of 2019 for us. Which, again, can be very interchangeable for me. It can with, be. With Dragged Across Concrete for me. Yes. But we have number ten. We have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, made from probably one of the last great filmmakers, uh, Quentin Tarantino. I, I think... You know, it's it's kind of an art that's dying for some people in terms of mainstream Hollywood release. All the, you know, you don't really see movies like his yeah. anymore. Even it's kind Martin of dying Scorsese out. had to go to Netflix. That's right. Even Martin Scorsese. That's a good point. Even Martin Scorsese had to go to Netflix. So you know, the the, the only real problem I had with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was it needed more feet. It needed more feet. I think every five <sighs> seconds we need a foot shot. You know. <laughs> I, I really I have wish. a theory. I have a theory on all the feet. Yeah. But go ahead and rant. Feet rant. I I personally. I have a theory though. After I've, I've never. <laughs> ever since I was little. I've never liked feet. <laughs> I am the anti-Tarantino of feet. <laughs> I hate feet. I yeah, I yeah. think when you see feet up close, like when you see when back in the day when yeah. we had cable, yeah, yeah. and you'd see those foot fungus commercials <laughs> where they'd like get up and close up uh, to the toenails and yeah. shit. It's like fuck off with that. Yeah, get yeah, the yeah. fuck away from me. <laughs> you know I don't want to see any of that shit. I don't yeah. like feet. I don't like looking at feet. They're yeah. gross. I don't want to see them. I don't want to know I have them. <laughs> you don't know you have them. And. <laughs> And ever since I saw, and you know what's funny, that one shot, and I know he didn't even fucking direct it. Uh-huh. Fucking Dust Till Dawn. He didn't even direct the fucking movie. <laughs> and yet he managed to convince fucking Robert Rodriguez to get that fucking shot of Juliet Lewis's fucking foot. Uh-huh. Or whatever her fucking name is. That's right, her name, right. right? Was it Juliet Lewis? Was that her name? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fucking up close and personal of yeah. her fucking foot. Well, not just that. The Selma Hayek foot scene. But, well, that was up in his fucking mouth. Yeah, yeah. So okay? he probably requested that as well. So, you know, he didn't even direct that fucking movie. You know, he's like up in Robert Rodriguez's yeah, ear like, hey, I got this great idea yeah, for a scene. And Rodriguez is like, are you fucking high? And he's like, no, it's going to be great. Everyone's going to think it's hot. You know, and it's like... But we've already got her up there, Salma Hayek, one of the hottest women in the world with a snake still wrapped hot, around by her. by the way. Still hot. We still, we got her up there with a snake wrapped around yeah, her. Yeah, 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 but she's going to have her foot in my mouth. <laughs> okay. It's part of the show. You know, and it's like, and, and this movie, he knows that he's, it, this is like his second to the last movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so at this point, <laughs> this next movie, I know what his next movie is going to be. <laughs> foot. Foot. <laughs> it's going to be nothing but feet. That's the name of the movie. It's just going to be foot. Foot by the foot. And it's going to be nothing but just feet everywhere. Everybody's... feet are going to be talking? Yeah. They're going to be the characters? It's just going to be feet. They're going to have subtitles? Everywhere. Feet are going to have little gun holsters. They're going to be shooting each other. I don't remember... I don't remember any... I mean, I wasn't looking for the feet. But I I don't remember any feet shots in Inglorious Bastards. I don't remember any feet shots in in, in uh, Hateful Eight. I'm sure the motherfucker worked them in. <laughs> we just weren't paying attention. So anyway, my theory on the feet is that's the rest of the video, guys. Sorry, we're just going to talk about feet for the next four hours. Oh. Um, my theory on the feet in this one, I think, at this point, I think it's a joke. I think he's he's parodying himself because everyone knows he likes feet. That's why there's so much. 
I think that's why. That's just my theory. But anyway. Uh, it's just gross. It, it, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. I do have an issue with one scene. We're going to talk about it. Uh, but I, overall, I was, I was very entertained by it. Um, is it on my top five Quentin Tarantino movies? It is not. Uh, but it is one of his best films, and it definitely deserves to be on the list uh, from last year. But you have, it's it's an end of an era type movie, man. The 60s are dying out, and, you know, it's just it shows the ridiculous amount of detail that mm-hmm. Quentin shows and you know has in his films. I mean, it's that one scene of Brad Pitt driving down Sunset Boulevard, mm-hmm. and you see the detail all the way of the buildings, the, the magazines of showing the 60s era, the music, the costumes... I mean, it was just he's 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 always been top notch, and 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 it was it was interesting because you have a parallel story where you have two actors' uh, careers basically dying mm-hmm. to the point where uh, what's it called uh, Brad Pitt and DiCaprio, DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio, have to basically make Italian westerns to survive at this point. Yeah. <laughs> So you have their care, their careers kind of dying, and um, you have Sharon Tate's career just starting, uh-huh. you know, played by Margot Robbie, and she has fun with the role as well. Uh, but that was an interesting parallel. But my favorite part of the film, actually, is the <laughs> obviously your favorite part of the movie is the finale, mm-hmm. the finale where he just makes a, a just makes the Manson family look like buffoons, like complete idiots. And they have this just ridiculously satisfying, violent as all fuck deaths. And yeah. I just, to the point where Leonardo DiCaprio used the same fucking flamethrower right. <laughs> that he used in his earlier films when he was killing Nazis. Yeah. It is so over the top, but fun. And it was kind of a bittersweet type of ending because it was such a sweet ending that, that the character of, you know, Sharon, Sharon Tate Tate's did not die. Right. It's still a little bitter as well because we know the truth. Yeah, it was. Um, it was definitely a fairy tale. What if? Yes. Uh, type of story. Yeah. Because obviously you've got you've got fictional characters alongside of real characters in yes. this whole film, and Sharon Tate and her friends. If you know the real story, yeah. you obviously know what actually sad. happened was yeah. horrifying. Yeah. And what happened to the Manson family was nothing. Right. Absolutely nothing happened to them. They got jailed, and that was it. Yeah. They weren't horribly, brutally murdered in a comical <laughs> fashion, in, in, in probably yeah. what they deserved and all that. And But I, I know there's controversy with that scene, and people think it's a slap in the face to reality, but I think that, you know, I have no issue with these these characters made fun of. And, I have, and that was the point of it. Yeah. It's yeah. almost... Because the thing is, is when you keep it to reality, you're basically making them. You're kind of you're affirming not, them. Not, not idolizing you're like them. Aff- you're like reaffirming their power. It's right. almost like the Hitler. It's right. almost like what you do with with. It's almost like what Mel Brooks did time and time again with Hitler. Yeah. And like like springtime for Hitler in Germany with the producers. Yeah. Like make, he's basically taking robbing Hitler of all of his mystique and his power. There it is. That's what I was looking for. All of for. that. And, and he's taking their power away by yeah. making them look like buffoons. Right. And getting what they deserve. And right. and I have no problem with that. So overall, fantastic movie, Leo. Great actor again, and I'm again. not. I'm not the biggest Brad Pitt, nor am I a Leonardo DiCaprio fan. Yeah. I was. I, I started to warm up to Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant. Yes, um, I was fine with him in Inception. Yeah. I was okay with him in Django. 
Um, you gotta see him in Wolf of Wall Street. Man. Right, I haven't seen Wolf You'll of Wall like Street yet, that. but I, I did, I did like him in this movie. Yeah, again, yeah. he's one of those. Uh, Brad Pitt and Leo are both actors who yeah. desperately need give a shit directors. Yes, they do not need directors that are intimidated by who they are and don't direct them. Right, they need guiding directors. Yeah. yeah. When you when you see Brad Pitt in movies like Twelve Monkeys, yes, and you see where he's stealing every scene, right, and I know uh, Snatch, right. When you see him in like that, you you forget. Oh yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt can actually fucking act, right. You forget that because all you see is the big celebrity, kind of monotone face uh-huh. and just I'm here because I'm ridiculously good looking and that's it uh-huh. but you forget oh yeah he's a fucking good actor right and I like this character as he fit the character he was looking like Robert Redford for right. a second right. but uh this is a small nitpick this did not ruin the film for us but you know you know us I know you guys are wondering I know you're itching what about the Bruce Lee scene and you know how we are you know if you watched our movie dojo reviews <laughs> you know we're big huge martial arts fans we love Bruce Lee and we're just huge fans of the genre in general so I, I it did not ruin the movie format for us. Um, it just I didn't I don't I don't actually even hate the scene. I know some people hate the scene to the point where the movie that wasn't even shown in China. Right. I know Shannon Lee, Bruce Lee's daughter, was really pissed off. Everybody was like, "What the fuck, man? You just what is this?" Yeah. Now you know this is this is fairy tale land, uh-huh. right? Let's look at the ending we got, right? So yeah. so technically you could do certain things with certain characters, right? Yeah. But the I, I didn't hate the scene. It didn't make me angry. I didn't love the scene either, though. Yeah. But but it. I will say this. It felt strange. It was perplexing. It felt very odd. Yeah. And what you do is you know you know you know, uh, Brad Pitt's character. He's a stunt man. He's Leonardo DiCaprio's stunt double, and so he's trying to get work and whatnot at the lot. And so he's sitting around with the other stunt men, and you have the guy who does a really good Bruce Lee impression. I don't know his name, the actor. He shows up. <laughs> and it was making me laugh a little bit because he really, he did Bruce Lee very well. But, you know, shows Bruce Lee as kind of being like this cocky asshole a little bit. And Bruce Lee, if you look at his old interviews and stuff, Bruce Lee could look at, he, if you look at him, he could look as a guy who was very cocky. I mean, you, you know, but then you see a lot of interviews where he's humble as well. Uh, but I can kind of see that part of it. Mm-hmm. But... They took a shot at Bruce Lee. Like, this was not like, okay, we're kind of having goofy fun with the character. Like, they took a little literal shot at the character to where Brad Pitt is basically calling the, the Bruce Lee character out, saying, well, you just sound like a guy that just talks tough, and you wouldn't know what to do in a real fight if it ever happened to you, basically. Like, you know, Muhammad Ali would, walk, would you know wipe the floor with you. You know, you just sound like one of these guys that are big talkers, but you've never been in a real fight before. Right. That's a shot. To me, that's a shot at the character. Yeah. And it's like, that's not what... And it's like, if you want to say that... Yeah. Which... It's kind of like you want to... Well, the actor, not shot the character, but you know what I mean. Well, both. But it's like, if you want to say that, and then not... Really, uh, I don't know because it's like, well, why would you say that? Because that was a shot. It's like, especially for Quentin Tarantino, who's 
who will preach to the highest depths ever that he's the hugest martial arts movie fan ever. That's what the whole Kill Bill movies were all about. They were an ode, an homage to yeah. martial arts. Look, in, 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 in Kill Bill, the first one, he had the Green Hornet theme song play. He had Uma Thurman wear the Bruce Lee Game of Death outfit. Yeah, but now you're having a movie where that's a where they're taking little shots at at him. Like that was a little strange. Yeah, that was a little weird. Unless over time his admiration for Bruce Lee dropped, and maybe he heard some stories about around you know behind the scenes of Hollywood where Bruce Lee was an asshole, treat people like shit. Which I never really heard that from other people. This is the only thing I've heard, and um, I think if they went with this. Uh, this take on it, it would have been a lot more better. I think it would have came out better for the film. And Bruce Lee, on set, I mean, he, he trained a lot of the Hollywood stars. Everybody knows this. He trained Steve McQueen, James Colburn, all that stuff, right? Well, on set, he ran into judo master slash, you know, stuntman legend, Gene LaBelle, okay? Mm-hmm. Gene LaBelle is legit, Gene LaBelle, you don't want to fuck with Gene LaBelle, okay? He's legit. When you look at Gene LaBelle, he does not look intimidating at all. But he will fuck you up, okay? So the story I heard was they were kind of testing each other out, right? Mm -hmm. And then Gene LaBelle finally got a hold of him and put Bruce Lee in a submission, right? But after that, and that's that's totally possible. (laughs) But after that, I heard, even from Gene LaBelle himself, that he has the utmost highest respect for Bruce Lee. And this is the real interviews I've seen from Gene LaBelle. Mm-hmm. And um, they have reached a mutual respect between each other. You know, Bruce Lee was teaching him how to strike. Gene LaBelle was teaching him judo and submissions. This is all real. Like, this is all fact. And how much interesting that would have been in the movie. You, you could still show the cocky Bruce Lee character, right? And you could still have Brad Pitt kind of rough him up and fuck him up a little bit. But then at the, at the end, there should have been some kind of mutual respect between the two. So that way you're not completely spitting on the character. <laughs> because Bruce, cause Brad Pitt fucked him up and then he never really got his... Yeah, you it, know, it ended like... Cause they, they it got interrupted. The fight yeah. got interrupted. But still, Bruce Lee at the end was still kind of seen as, oh, he didn't kick my ass. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's still, in a way, kind of... It, it was very strange. Yeah. It did not ruin the movie. Um, but it was just odd. It was just odd because there was literal shots yeah. at, at the character. So that's what we thought about the film. Yeah, and, or that scene. So, But overall, excellent, excellent, very well made movie. Uh, anything else before we go to number nine? Uh, no. All right. Uh, number nine. Man, talk about a movie that would make us smile from beginning to end. And this is what I would switch up. Yeah, we could switch. <laughs> well, too late. I already said number nine. It's too late. It doesn't matter at this point. It doesn't matter. All right. Just really made us smile. Probably one of the best, legitimately real, touching underdog stories uh, that we've seen in a long time. Dolomite is my name. That's right. Yeah. And directed by Craig Brewer, who directed Black Snake Moan and Hustle and Flow. And this is this is 
obviously Eddie Murphy's best work in years. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the R-rated movie. He hasn't done an R-rated movie in like five billion years. It was like 20 years. 20 years. Oh, that's, my God. That's what I read. Yeah. 20 years. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And Wesley Snipes, one of his best roles in forever. Like, he stole... Yeah. Wesley Snipes was stealing certain scenes. Yeah. So, it's, uh... It's semi-auto... It's semi... Uh... Biopic. Yeah, about Rudy Ray Moore, the comedian. Semi, but also yeah. highly embellished, but that was his life. Yeah. His stories that he told were known to be very embellished because that was the caricature <laughs> that he painted of himself. Yeah. Um, he created Dolomite. However, the record covers... Later, we come to find out we're actually 100% real. <laughs> the uh, comedic I, albums? I looked them up. Oh, my God. And they were real. Um, just slightly modified. If we're out and about one day and I come across... We would never find them. There's If no, I come across, just for the cover alone, yeah. I probably would buy the album. But, yeah, the Christmas <laughs> albums, they were all real. They were, they were all... Um, but yeah, he was, uh, he was just kind of like failing at everything in life and he was like a failing comedian and failing musician, failing everything and worked in a record shop. Yeah. And, uh, he got the idea of Dolomite from like this crazy hobo out on the street Mm -hmm. and uh, he started working with the name and the stories he would hear from the guy and he started taking, but it was the way they were telling the stories was almost like a. Almost like rap. Early rap. So he's like Early the godfather rap. of rap, they call right. him now. Right, right. Um, which is really cute. Yeah. That that's what they consider yeah. him as. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I never knew, because my first introduction to the actual Dolomite films, mm-hmm. my actual introduction was Mad TV. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, and yes. then I heard about the movie. I didn't know that it was not completely supposed to be serious. Right, right, right. I thought it was just a bad black exploitation. So did movie. I at first. Because my brother-in-law for years, he's a huge huge Dolomite fan. Right. He was trying to show me parts of the movie. I was like, I can't watch this. Right. It's so bad. Right. But yeah, I, I later found out it's basically, it's legit, it's legitimately funny with stuff they did on purpose to be funny. But at the same time, it was you can laugh at it because it's so poor. Yeah. And just, it there's is 100%. bad. Mo- yeah, yeah. It's, it is supposed it to is be funny. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is supposed to be funny, but it is absolutely 100% no budget. Yeah. <laughs> all low grade, low tech, low everything. Low like, everything, bad acting, everything. Everything. But that's what gives these movies its, its charm. Though. Yes. I mean, it's, and, and that was the spirit of the film. He, he, despite, um, what happens? They just wanted to make a movie. Yeah. That was it, and they they did the best they could with basically no budget and everything to make the movie. We won't spoil too much for you, but um, it is hilarious. So we highly recommend. It you is guys. actually genuinely heartwarming yes. in some spots. Yes, like there are actually some moments where it's just like, oh, you're just yeah. rooting for everybody. Yeah, like, you and just... it doesn't stop. No, especially that's what I like about the movie because it felt real, like. You know, oh, we made it, we did it, and then something else comes up. Uh huh. And then so, and then later, okay, we're good now. Then something else comes up because that's right. life, right? But uh, yeah, we highly recommend Dolomite is my name. I enjoyed that movie so much that I was like, oh, my number one film of the year of last year. And then I had to remember what movies we watched last year. Right. I'm like, okay, I have to drop it down a little bit. But that's how much I enjoyed it but right it, away. Yeah, it's and and make sure you guys stay during the end credits because they actually show. Scenes from the actual movie and the actual real Dolomite yeah. character. Yeah. So, 
yeah, this <laughs> fantastic. Uh, why'd you put Avengers Endgame on here, number eight? This is some bullshit movie right here. This movie's terrible. <laughs> this is horrible. Is this a mistype? You know what's funny is I actually had... Why isn't Captain Marvel on here? Well, that because that's number one. Oh, that's right. Um, so I, I actually... <laughs> I had issues with Endgame the first time I saw it. I was What's our review? I was too wrapped up with um, some of the particulars of the time travel hand-waving that they did. Like, they were just like, don't think about it. Wib- Wibbly-wobbly time. What is it? Shh, don't think about it. Wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey. <laughs> and I was kind of pissed off at that because I was like, wait a minute. You're going to go to all this trouble to create your own version of time travel and say, well, it's not like the way it is in other movies, so shut up. Well, but then you explain your own version. Okay, never mind. Fuck off me. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the movie also introduces all of these other things, potentialities, I should say. That's not a word, but I just made it up. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> this movie creates all this potential happenings and then kind of acts like, oh, no, we fixed everything. This movie literally created the potential of the multiverse. This movie, this movie, basically, when it removes the time stone, because the movie is obviously a time, and you, everybody knows the, the plot for this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. The movie is a time heist movie. Yeah, okay? it it's is. a time heist. Mm-hmm. You have to go to all these different points in time that we've seen throughout the ten years of the MCU, mm-hmm. and you have to steal the gems from all these different points in time, yeah. use it in the present, which is the result of the Thanos snap. So we've lost half the population because mm-hmm. we want to get the population back, <clears throat> and so now. We gotta get the time gems back, and then we have to go and return them at the exact point that we took them, mm-hmm. and that's gonna fix everything. But the problem is that it doesn't fix everything, right? Because now, but they don't acknowledge it mm-hmm. because they don't. Re- maybe they don't realize that shit went down as they're going because yeah. they just can't. There's no time to recognize. But when you look at when you look mm-hmm. back at it in 2012, Loki is taken off of the Tesseract. There's a time splinter right there. Mm-hmm. 2014, Thanos. Shh, shh, yeah. Shh. 2014, we now have a 2014 timeline where Thanos disappears from the timeline. So guess what? In that 2014 and forward, shh. in that 2014 and forward, there is no Infinity War because shh. Thanos disappeared from that timeline. Shh. Gamora is now alive in this new timeline. La 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 exactly. La 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 la. But la. oh no no no! We put the time stones back, so everything's back to normal. No, sirs, it is not. La 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 la. But anyway, aside from all that, <laughs> I I I think what made me forgive the movie was how much the movie was like a love letter to it the was. to the eleven years of the MCU mm. and to the fans and to the very the end finale. The bringing back of Alan Silvestri for Infinity War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, the finale where you got Cap with Mjolnir and his shield. Yes. And everything, just all that, that big massive fight where everybody comes back through the portals and the music is swelling. That mm-hmm. whole end finale, that seeing that really sold the whole fucking movie for me. Like I think everything yeah. was forgiven for me in yes. that end fight. Overall. Basically, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I got I got suckered. <laughs> hey, it, you know, as long as the movie entertains us, that's a, that's a, that's a, what's important at the end of the day. And again, it was it and was, it gave us the feels. It was because a, we were emotionally attached because we've been we've been with the MCU since two thousand eight. Yeah. So we put in our time. 
Yeah. And I, I think they did a really good job of ending this saga and uh, rewarding the fans and creating new fans of Black Widow and just, you know, new fans of Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. There's new fans of Hawkeye now. And and it just was, you know, a lot of people were sad because of Iron Man's death and it was there was emotional weight. There, it still felt important, even though we do, like, Infinity War better. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely a great ending to the saga, despite and, its flaws. It's and not it perfect, was it was a respectful. It was yes. it was it was they were in like the the whole finale to the end credit sequence to yes. where the you see all the characters make their final appearance in and the, the credits signatures. with the signatures and the the music yeah. again again you go back to the music and the themes and I can't stress how important to somebody like me music and themes are in situations like this where it makes a difference it really does your brain Mm -hmm. you don't always know it but when it's there you recognize it and something like that solidifies the fact that this is an ending and we're giving this to you as a finality and i i i appreciate an effort like that where we're like we recognize this is the end of an era right. because now we're going on to phase four, which is going to be completely different. Right. This is now in the past. Mm-hmm. We are going on to a different era now, and this yeah. is it, even though technically uh, uh, Far From Home was right. the end. The end cap. The officially end. end. Cap of this, yeah. But this was the end of the era. Yes, it was. And to, to have that respectful ending lineup for everybody. And it was, it was, it was, it was, an, it was an event. Mm-hmm. It it was epic. It felt epic, and it ended epic, and yes. that's all we really wanted. Yes, uh, because if you think about it, it re- everything as a whole should not have worked. And a lot of these movies, you know, so there's some Marvel movies better than others. That could be another podcast we can do, mm-hmm. uh, talk about each film. But overall, uh, there was a quality there, and there was a consistency of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And Avengers Endgame was the end game and it was very very epic and entertaining and i was i was so pleased and fulfilled with the movie up to the point uh when uh got to the finale fight with cap thor and iron man versus thanos i was already i thought that was the end of the movie mm. i thought that was the finale i was like this is this is how we're ending and here we go and i was already happy right little did i know after that we were gonna get this ridiculous amazing fan service uh finale fight which was what people came to see. Right. And they did a good job. Uh, number seven. We talked a little bit about it earlier. John Wick 3. Yes. Directed by Chad Stalski, director of the Wick trilogy. Yes. Uh, Chad's been around a long time. He's done a lot of stunt work. Did Deadpool 2, Atomic Blonde. He's been everywhere. This guy knows what he's doing. And John Wick 3 is another perfect example of sequels that not necessarily... I mean, it's always hard to beat the first film. Right. Right? And that's with a lot of trilogies. It's hard to beat the first movie as, as an overall story told from beginning to end. But did it did it build the world? Did it build upon the world that yeah. was given to us? Yes. Yeah. Did it give us more new interesting characters? Yes. Did it give us a great villain? Yes. Yeah. Mark DeCascos was amazing. 
Yeah. I mean, he was a ham Jesus sandwich. Jesus Christ, Mark DeCastro. Big old so ham fun. sandwich. Yeah. But and that's the thing you want to talk about how how the the franchise is evolving. Yes. You want to talk about the differences between what the first movie is versus what the third movie has morphed into. Right. You know, the first movie, when you look back on it, it's so basic and so simple. No bells and whistles. No. Even very, the finale was boring, in my opinion. Very simple, though. <laughs> but very. I love the first John Wick, but the beginning finale was boring. This is a very simple film. Yeah, very great. Very streamlined. Storyline wise, story it's the best. Minimalistic, mm-hmm. you know, but it's still love it. Yeah. But what what is the what have the films been doing as of as of that first movie? They've slowly been building the worlds, and that first yes. that that first sequel expanded. And what what do you want when you can't necessarily top? The last movie, like you said, you just want to keep expanding. Right. And that's what we've been doing. And that's all I can hope for. I didn't want a fourth movie because yeah. I like to end it on a trilogy because I never want anything to overstay its welcome. Yeah. But if you're going to keep going, just keep doing it this way. Yeah. Don't try to overblow it with nonsense. Right. But go ahead and keep expanding it. But please, I do ask, please have a plan. Please have an exit strategy. Yeah. I, I do ask for that. Don't though. just keep making sequels based off of success and yeah. not have a plan. Yes, I do ask for you that. You know, <laughs> at least have a plan to end it somewhere. Right. But uh, we came, what did we come to see John Wick movie for? We came for what? Action. Mm-hmm. And we were not let down. Mm-hmm. We were pleasantly surprised. There's nothing but badassity abounds in those films, and especially the third film. So it's got to go on the list. Avengement. Here's the. This, this surprise, another surprise. This was the trailer that I had spoken of earlier where we saw the trailer. Number six of Benjamin. We saw the trailer and I had a really good feeling about it. Sometimes you see trailers and you're either... <laughs> you watched a trailer yesterday. I didn't even see it. I heard it and it sounded like shit to me. <laughs> Sometimes you just see a trailer and you just know yeah. that they struggled to put it together because the movie is crap. Sometimes you see a trailer and it looks so bizarre that you have to see the movie. And sometimes you see a trailer that is so tight and looks so potentially good that you just keep your fingers crossed and hope to God that what you see in the trailer is what you get in the movie. Mm -hmm. And that was Avengement. And I was not let down. Not even for a second was I let down in Avengement. Avengement, I was so happy when we finally got got to watch this film. Directed by Jesse V. Johnson, who's definitely one of the best action uh, film directors, Mm -hmm. non-mainstream film directors uh, out there. I put him up there with Isaac Florentine Mm -hmm. as well as William Kaufman. Mm -hmm. These guys know how to film and, and, and direct action, and Jesse V. Johnson is definitely one of the best. We enjoyed Accident Man. Yes. You know, we we're, we enjoy a lot of his films. Yes. Uh, but Avengement was just, man, Scott Atkins. Yeah. Scott Atkins, we've always been a fan of his of his acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not known, that's not what he's known for. He's mm-hmm. known to be this badass martial artist. Mm-hmm. And in his films, he acts the part. Yes. For his characters that he plays. Obviously, Yuri Boitka, that role is... No one could else could be Yuri Boyko. Right. He made that role. Right. Uh, but it was nice to see him play something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie where it shows him as this... You know, this Completely transforming yes, into another human being. Transforming into a fucking animal. Yes. And when he goes out for revenge, it's just... It's so satisfying. It's yes. really satisfying. 
and, and I, I can probably little, watch. I, I can get a pro- little Mandalore cameo. Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she loves her Louis Mandalore. That's a good-looking guy. I'm not hating, him, right? Uh, but he's great, though. That guy's yeah. good, pretty good in everything he's been in. Yes, he's great. Um, but um, yeah, um, the movie they made together. Um. Uh. Yeah. Oh fuck! Shit. That's the name of the movie. Fucking shit. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck. Wow. I got we a brain fart. We suck. Sorry. And they're making a sequel, too. They're making a sequel to it, yeah. Even though oh, they kind of, yeah. Well, Scott Atkins and Lewis Mandalore made kind of a, like, not necessarily a buddy cop movie, but they made a buddy team-up movie the... that we can't think of right now. My brain is gone. But Jesse B. Johnson directed that, and we enjoyed that as well. It was the something. It was the something. The something. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, it's That's, fine. We're going to move on here. Really but bad. yeah, Avengement checked all the boxes. Yes. We liked the soundtrack. We liked cinematography. We liked the direction. We enjoyed the story. There was tension building. Mm-hmm. I mean. Oh, the soundtrack. Yeah, I thought I said that. Oh, did you? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. But, uh, and of course, the badass fight choreography that uh, these guys always. Top notch. It's brutal. Uh, brutal, it was, yeah. satisfying, and I probably can watch Avengement every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, oh, Avengement's on. I sit down and watch it. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Highly recommend uh, Avengement. Number five, Jojo Rabbit, directed by one of our favorite directors. Yeah. Taika Waititi. Yes. Um, this was. <laughs> okay, so this was a trailer when I saw it. I was kind of... We didn't know what it was. I was kind of like, oh no, Taika, what are you doing with, with blue contacts just as Adolf Hitler? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like... Yeah, we didn't really know. Buddy, what are you yeah. doing? Um, yeah. Okay. So it turns out I haven't I haven't read into like the book or anything like that. Um, oh, there was a book. It was based off of a book, apparently. Oh, okay. Um, but it was... Uh, it's one of those movies where you kind of just go into it and you have to immediately accept that there is a level of absurdity. If you cannot yeah. accept that. Yeah. Because this is actually one part very real world situation. Yes. Because basically it is a little bit of Anne Frank. There's a little bit of Anne Frankism in this. There's, yes. there's this little boy who is an absolute Nazi worshiper. Yeah, yeah. He is, he's this little boy. He worships the Nazi regime. Mm-hmm. He has an imaginary friend in Adolf Hitler. Right. His played mother. Played by Yes. His mother, played by Scarlett Johansson, is actually a Jewish sympathizer. You don't immediately know that, but you have your suspicions. The yeah. boy does not know this. Right. He thinks his father went off to fight, but I think what happens is the father went off and he died or something like that trying to help. I think he died helping the uh, Jews. I'm not sure. Or I don't know if he's stuck on the French line. I don't know exactly what happened to the dad, but he's not in the picture. They had a daughter. The daughter's dead. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what happened to the daughter, Right. but I know she's dead. Mm-hmm. Now you through bits and pieces of the movie, you do find out that again, Scarlett Johansson is a is a sympathizer, and she is hiding a Jewish girl mm-hmm. in a little attic space in yeah. the house. Yeah, and the whole movie is just showing the farce of the Nazi regime. Right, 
you you see different characters just showing how ridiculous they are. You've yeah. got Rebel Wilson. Um, yeah, the first and only time we weren't annoyed by Rebel Rebel Wilson mentioning how she had like <laughs> eighteen kids for the Reich. <laughs> she was actually kind of like funny that. in this movie. Something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. What's his name? Um, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Yeah. He plays a character that. He's, he doesn't even agree with the war himself, but yeah. he's got it's he's, he's part of, he's in the country. He's got he's, a, he's a soldier. Yeah, he's one of those. He's got to follow orders. Um, yeah, and so the the basically the relationship is the kid trying to become a junior Nazi, right? Um, but then realizing that there's this young girl in the house. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil too much of it, right? Right. right. Um, but then kind of kind of. Real, like coming to terms with wait, but I've got this Hitler worshiping thing going right. on, this Nazi worshiping yeah. thing going on. But I've got this. I'm trying to come to terms with the fact that oh wait, the Jews are humans. Yeah, what? Yeah, they're they're not. They don't have bat wings. Yeah, they're not with animals. Fangs hanging exactly. From the, yeah. that's what he's been. That's what his, he's been led to believe his mm. whole life. Yeah, and uh, but fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic movie. Visually. Some things go down that were just so... There's one thing in particular that I I can't talk about because when it happened, I was like, this is why I fucking love cinema. Yeah. Because visually, there are things you can do in cinema without words. Yes. You can tell stories. You can draw the viewer's eye to things. And you can make the viewer pay attention to something subconsciously. Yeah. Even if you're wondering, why is the camera making me look at this? Right. And then 30 minutes, 40 minutes later, it clicks. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's why I was being forced to look at that this whole time. Mm -hmm. And then without words, you're sitting there almost crying because you're like, oh, my God, that's why. Yeah. So yeah, I was sitting there, and I think I turned to you, and I was like, damn, I didn't think the movie was going to go this way. Yeah. Um, But... Overall, very, very good film. and Very entertaining. Taika Waititi so far has not made a bad movie in our opinion. That I, yeah, I, have and, a, I don't think I've seen all of his, his movies so far, but I've been so entertained between yeah. what we do in the shadows, you know. Yeah. And uh, Thor Ragnarok. He did a fucking episode of The Mandalorian. And... Yeah. Uh, I heard rumors... That they want him for a Star Wars film. And I'm like... They need him. <laughs> fuck yes. That's all I can please. say. They need him. Please. So. That would be awesome. But uh, not to get off track, we highly recommend Jojo Rabbit. It, it is, it's hilarious. But at the same time, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get the feels. It's poignant. Yeah. It's got... It's yeah. got a bit of a message there too. Yeah. We we highly recommend you guys. It's bizarre it though. Don't even don't even get me wrong. You have to you have to realize that there is levels of, of absurdity in this movie. If you can't get over it, then you just got to you have to be prepared for it. Yeah, I mean Taika Waititi plays the little boy's imaginary friend who's uh, Adolf Hitler, who is absurd, <laughs> who does goofy shit, <laughs> who's a who's a buffoon. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, fantastic film. Uh, number four. <laughs> you want to go into that one? Talking about the trailer. This <laughs> was the trailer that we saw that was so bizarre <laughs> that I knew I had to watch the movie, uh, which is The Lighthouse. Yes. With um, directed by Robert Eggers, who directed The Witch. Right, which which you just recently showed me mm-hmm. not too too long ago, mm-hmm. which is with Robert Pattinson. And uh, Defoe, yes. Willem Defoe, and not much else. Uh, it's literally <laughs> these two crusty salts 
in a lighthouse <laughs> for an hour and 45 minutes. And I got to tell you, I can't really tell you anything about this movie. No, you can't. And I cannot promise you that the movie's going to make sense. No. I can't no. promise you that. Um... I will promise you that the movie probably won't make sense to you. It didn't make complete sense to me. And I'm probably going to go back and watch the movie a couple more times. Yeah. I'm probably going to look up some old folklore from sea shanties and shit like that. Yeah, to, yeah. to try to get my bearings on what the fuck I watched. But I will tell you that I was immensely entertained. Oh, yeah. The performances were fantastic. Yes. Um, I've never really seen Robert Pattinson in anything because I've never watched the Twilight movies. I've yeah. just seen clips. Mm-hmm. I've never seen him in anything else. Um, he was fine. He mm-hmm. was perfectly fine. Defoe was a revelation. Um, I loved the look of the movie. I loved the the, the oh, aspect yeah. ratio look. I loved the black and white haunting. look. Haunting. I loved just haunting the way the movie and the score as well. Was haunting. Yeah, the movie. The movie is just. It's one of those movies where you just kind of have to go with it, and you just kind of have to watch it. Um, my me my here's an example of me watching the film. Huh. Oh, that's interesting. Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> Wait. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. all right. Wait, what? What? <laughs> yes. But I think I I think I gave it a standing ovation at the end. I think when I got see, up, I started clapping. See, sometimes it, it boils down to surprise me. Yes. Yeah. Be weird. Yes. And and be something. Be something. Yes. Be something memorable. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I do. I see a lot of people say skip it. Mm. Uh, this is, movie is not for everyone. Um, I do see a lot of people either being bored or confused. Yeah, I could see um, that. Uh, but this is one of those movies where it's your take on what, what you think is happening, really. Uh-huh. But to make things as simplistic as we as we can, which is hard with this film, but without spoiling anything, just think of, you know, being secluded, you know, for who knows how long they were on an island. Yeah, because you think you and, know, but come yeah. to find out, you don't really You really don't really know, know yeah. which kind of leads to the madness aspect of the film. Yeah. Just two characters diving into madness. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the easiest and most simplistic way we can describe the lighthouse without spoiling it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just really entertaining. <laughs> really, 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 really entertaining movie. I enjoyed that a, a lot. And uh, recommend that if you like interesting, weird, slow burn, not everything's going to be ex- explained type of films, but you will remember it though. <laughs> you know, even if you don't like it, it'll stick with you. Yeah. Uh, anything else about the lighthouse? Uh, no. Again, I can't really can't really get into it. Even if I wanted to spoil it, I couldn't because I can't fully explain it. Number three, 1917. Directed by Sam Mendes from Skyfall Frame. Blah, blah, blah. Skyfall Frame. Did you see that? <laughs> Skyfall Fame. Um, and as Road to Perdition, one of the most underrated films ever. Uh, man, this was a good movie. Well, some people thought so. Um, <laughs> some people apparently thought it was boring and, yes. and overrated and things were done better in other movies, which okie doke. The soundtrack was pretentious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to ignore all that. Cause ignore I, it. All I can do is disagree and move on with my life. Yeah, we're going to um, agree to disagree. Again, I don't, 
I, I know we, we did a non-spoiler review, so I don't really want to spoil it. No, we keep it the same. Um, it was just, again, everything, everything was well done. Everything we said in our in our non-spoiler review that we did in our video earlier. Yeah. Um, I just got to kind of reiterate here. Um, I love the cinematography. Yeah, there were a couple of moments where if if characters moved off camera, suddenly they were just gone. And they very well should have still been around to hear certain things happening, but they were just magically gone. I didn't care about that. Yeah. I, was, I did not care about that. Right. Um, there were just some things that happened in the movie where I was just like, I was just so enveloped with what was going on. I, I just, I loved it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard one person complain about this movie's passage of time and that he complained that the whole film was supposed to be filmed in one shot, but then the movie had the gall to fade to black. And I'm like, um, that was because the character was shot unconscious. Yes. And that's why it faded to black. Yeah. It did was you to show. Did, was you to wanna, show. did you want to hang out with the unconscious soldier for eight hours it was until to you woke show, up? It was to show the passage of time <laughs> through his perspective is because he was unconscious. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why you would complain about something that made complete movie sense, but yeah. okie doke. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just, I love the way the story was told. Um, I, I love the way the story. It was about the mission. I, I love that was the, it. I love the way the story felt. Mm-hmm. I thought the characters that were there were compelling enough. You know, yeah. some people don't like not a lot of character development. I thought that what was there was perfectly suitable. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was enough. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed the film. Music was great. Cinematography was I great. I loved the soundtrack. It there being were... filmed as one take at points was really well done. The finale was great. There was an emotional uh, punch to the film for us, and yeah. we just were we 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 didn't know what we were going to get, and we were pleasantly surprised again by uh, this film. So, yeah. Anything else? No. Just don't expect Saving Private Ryan type of action because uh. <laughs> it's not that type of film. Not everything can be it's Saving Private stealth, Ryan. It's more stealth based, mission based movie. God, not everything uh, can be Saving Private Ryan. I know. I know. All right, number two, we just recently watched and was blown away by it. Literally just watched this. Parasite. Yes. Korean film directed by Bong Joon-ho, and I apologize for fucking up that name, Uh, director of one of our favorite, probably of all time, one of our favorite creature features, sci-fi type movies, uh, monster flicks called The Host. Yes. Don't get it mixed up with that bullshit. No. Not romantic Twilight alien movie. Not this the is, American Host. Yes. This is yes, the Korean yes. The this Host. This is the Korean film. And then, if you guys can watch that, please don't watch it in English. No. Watch it in its native language with subtitles. But it's one of the best. There's some dark comedy moments in The Host. But yeah. in terms of monster, creature designs were fantastic. And just a fucking great movie I, I the, just so good one of those movies where it, it has an emotional punch where you wouldn't expect it to in yes. some moments yes um, especially towards the end yes uh, you just would not think a movie like that would have the emotional weight that mm-hmm. it does and he's the director of uh, the very underrated in our opinion Snowpiercer now if you're going into Snowpiercer again expecting an action film you're probably going to be disappointed. Right. Uh, but it was it, something about Snowpiercer felt really original. It felt very different. And uh, highly enjoyed that. And there's a, there's a TV show 
There's a series now mm. of Snowpiercer, and your girl Jennifer Colony's in it. Uh, oh. Well, however you say her name. Connelly, yeah. Yeah, she's in that. So I don't know if that's any good. Yeah. You know, hopefully it's cool. Hmm. Hopefully it might bring more interest to the film. Hmm. People will be like, oh, what's this? Oh, there was a movie. You know, but it was it was very well done. Yeah. I enjoyed Snowpiercer. But here we have Parasite. And I saw posters of it, and I'm just like, okay, it looks like there's just a family. Uh-huh. Uh, I did not see any trailers. Uh, we did not see any reviews. All we heard was, you know, it was being nominated uh, for the Oscars and whatnot. And it's just getting ridiculous amount of, you know, really good ratings. And we're like, okay, now we're really curious. Now we're going to have to do, we're going to have to do the, do the damn, do the damn thing and watch it. So I bought it off of Amazon Prime. It's like, fucking, I'm going to wait for the Blu-ray. Let's go and get it now. And uh, so we can watch it this weekend and do the podcast. And what a great movie, man. Yeah. It was a good fucking movie, man. It's nothing but drama. Yeah. It's nothing but slow burn. There is some suspense building here and there. You will emotionally be hit at some point, at some parts of the film. There are some damn hilarious moments in it, but we're not going to spoil it. All I can but say... everything was just... It was directed well. The yeah. acting was well. Everything it, was just fantastic with this movie. It started out kind of funny. Yeah. Because you can't... Let's see. I'll try not to spoil it. You you kind of have like this kind of poor family. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're poor family. They're... they're And they're, they're... Parents can't find work. You, you want to kind of say that they're kind of... On the one hand, you want to say, well, they're, they're low class and they're trashy. But on the other hand, you want to say, well, they're just trying to survive. You're going to say it both ways. Yeah. Because of the way they behave. And what they end up doing to survive. You're literally going to say it both ways. You're going to have sympathy, but you're also going to be like, but what they're doing. So at the, so on the one hand, their antics are making you laugh because of what they do <laughs> throughout the film. It is legitimately funny. So you yeah. have these moments where you're just laughing because of what they're doing. And then later on... I just found myself laughing less and less and less because yeah. the movie started to actually get sad. Yeah. And then it was almost like, oh, damn, shit's starting to get, like, really dark. Yeah. Like, it, it yeah. went from being kind of like a fucked up comedy to just being fucked up. So it was very interesting how it kind of played with the emotions like yes. that. Yes, um, Which I wasn't expecting. Right. I was expecting it to be kind of like just this steady, consistent kind of fucked yeah. up comedy mm-hmm. and no nope. it didn't stay that way so that was interesting yeah. that was a very interesting ride it was very well directed uh, again the performances are great we're, we're huge fans of the guy we can't remember his fucking name yeah but the actors and he was in the host he's in a lot of things the good and the bad and the and the weird I'm always forgetting this guy's name but yeah. um, just everything was overall we don't want to spoil it but uh, if you're interested to see something Fresh, see something original, see something different. I've never seen a movie like this. No. I honestly can say I've never seen a film like this. Right. Uh, something very different, original, and fresh. We highly recommend you guys check out Parasite. We we do want to talk into spoilers, but we're, we want people to enjoy the film for what it is. Is it worth all the hype? I would have to say, yeah. I really would. I mean, it's not... I wouldn't go across saying, like, it's my favorite movie of all time. Or it's the greatest movie ever made. But for what the story the director was trying to tell, which was a small story with this family just trying to make it and better themselves, uh, 
and then it turns into something else. Yeah, yeah. It's like, holy shit, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really, 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 really good, well-told, uh, original, fresh story. Parasite was excellent. Uh, make sure you guys check that out if you haven't already. Now, number one. Oh, boy. Number one. Oh, boy. What else could it be? Right? Oh, boy. Number one. I know you were kind of joking a little bit earlier with Captain Marvel. But we, all, you guys know us. You know what our number one is. Hellboy. Our number one is Hellboy. Yeah, it's Hellboy. It's Hellboy. Duh. I mean. It's it's Hellboy. And uh-huh. I was I was Because complete... y'all, y'all know you want some mints. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to, link, you know, sorry. let it last I'm a little sorry. longer, the joke. I'm sorry. Well, you kind of, you kind of made I me I ruined laugh. it. I fucked it up. Anybody got a mint? Yeah, Hellboy was garbage, unlike Joker, directed by Todd Phillips. Well, some people would say you're wrong on that. Yeah, they can go fuck themselves. Joker! <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> directed by Todd Phillips. Directed by Todd Phillips, yeah, I think that made sense. Who yeah. was known for the Hangover trilogy and mostly comedies. Right. Which is very strange. We were kind of like, eh. When we heard he was directing this movie, we were like, oh. Man, when I saw screen tests for Joaquin Phoenix's the makeup. The very first one, yeah. I was like, oh, God, everyone, what are we doing? Everyone was. I was not happy. Yeah, it wasn't until we saw the first trailer. Right. Where we were like, okay, now this the makeup works with his outfit. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, not, not, you know, people were like, ooh. Yeah. At first. But another movie we were hoping was, was going to be decent. It was a standalone DC movie. At the time, it was a standalone, yeah. It could still be. It hasn't been announced that he's part of the DCEU. But But we don't know if they're going to sequel it. It sounds like they might. They can still sequel it. It doesn't have to be part of the DCEU, though. But that makes it no longer a standalone. Like, it's it's going to get its own movie now. That means it's going to have its own... Own. It's still separate. Yeah. From the DCEU. We're not going to have Aquaman versus... Oh, God, could you imagine... (laughs) <laughs> versus uh, Joaquin's Joker so Joaquin killed it yeah he killed the role um, a lot of people uh, didn't think this felt like a Joker film mm-hmm. um, that's completely fine um, there's nothing wrong with that but we thought it was very well done for what it was and you know, was some scenes a dream or not? You don't know. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that about the film, that not everything was completely spelled out for you and you have discussions now. Yeah. I like movies that bring discussions and you can talk about, well, what do you think happened? Well, what do you think happened? I like that. Movies that make you think. Mm-hmm. We like movies that have explosions. You know? Like we said. Mindless explosions. Yeah. And then we have movies, you know, Ram- Rambo Last Blood. We enjoyed that, you mm-hmm. know? But... Uh, Joker really did it, did it uh, surpass our expectations, which we weren't really low anyway. I think it surpassed. I our, think so. Yeah, because we went in not knowing what to expect right. because our the trailer we had no expectations, and then we saw the trailer, yeah. and then I personally was intrigued. Yes, because I was like, I was already like. I don't know about Joker having his own movie because I was afraid they were going to make you sympathize with mm-hmm. him. And I don't want to sympathize with the Joker. I don't mind understanding where he's coming from. But the last thing I want to do is sympathize with a crazy psychopathic murderer. Right, right, I don't want right. to sympathize with the guy. Right. Which I don't feel like I personally sympathize with him. But I understood where he was coming from.